0: Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au On the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. This is Adam Scott. Expect anything different? Brilliant. What an up and down that was. In your
1: Have you
0: seen anything like that? Welcome to the Clubhouse. Yeah, great to have your company. Welcome to the Clubhouse as we talk all things golf right around Australia. Mark Allen is here. Julian Bayard is my name. Marco, welcome. G'day, Jules. How are you? You're down to 6.7.
1: That's
0: very impressive. Straight up the top. That was said in confidence. (laughs) Very, very
1: impressive to get so low. 6.7. That's a good mark. Well done. Thank you. You go, it's pretty serious now, though.
0: Well, it's a bit scary because you don't get don't get a lot of shots. <laughs> so 6.7, is
1: that your Australian handicap? What happens when you actually... Put... Uh, playing off seven. So you put your, your enter and you're playing off about seven. Seven, yeah. Depending on what course you play. So you play yeah. Beacon Hills a bit. Yeah. So 6.7 is it's a seven. seven yep. Yeah, because sometimes you can be off a yeah. yeah a six and you can turn to some of the easy courses. Where I play, it's got a four. slope
0: rating of about 114, I think, so it's pretty neutral.
1: Pretty neutral? Yep. All right, well, good. Yeah.
0: I'm glad. Any three putts with the new putter uh, from Jossie? I had a couple, but I um, actually hold your chair. What <laughs> sounds of it? <laughs> I, had a, I had a very interesting. I had a, an eagle on a par five. Whoa! And um, I missed the putt. Yeah. Up the hill, but then a little bit of downslope brought it back down the hill. Are <laughs> you kidding pole. me? Yeah, it was very interesting. And fair, went in the hole. Fair to say, we celebrated a bit. Oh.
1: <laughs> uh, well, Dave, why'd you hit into
0: the to par uh, five and two? Uh, driver 5 wood well done so, nice yeah, to hear good. you've got a 5 wood in the bag yes. you're a smart boy well i listen to you marco which good. is very uh, what i can advise to everyone
1: how good your 5 wood in the bag it's my favorite club favorite club it's everyone's favorite club mm. if people have a 5 wood in the bag it's they automatically your favorite club especially if it's the right length for you and i, I know it. i
0: know that yours is it's it's a great club and particularly like it on a hilly course like mm. beacon hills because oh, yeah. um, use it for the Longer distance shots, and you don't get the, the fade and draw where you've got an uphill or a downhill lie as much. I that really, is right. I really like it. That I really is right. Really like
1: it. So. And these days, a five wood is only got about eighteen degrees on it, or eighteen to twenty degrees. Once upon a time, you used to have a lot, a mm. lot of uh, a lot of loft, but now they don't. And now they actually, you know, they go like a beautiful long iron should go, except it's a wood. So it's absolutely perfect. What iron do you go up to? Four. Four iron, then a five wood. Perfect.
0: Well, I had a three iron, Marco. Yeah, <laughs> this is the influence that you've had on me. Yeah, far too. You much. threw it away. I had it, but then I, when I moved to the carry bag, yeah, because we got rid of the the, uh, the, the buggy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got rid of the three iron because my bag was a little bit heavy. So not only, so I had to take a club out. Three iron so I got rid out. Of the three iron,
1: because you can always grip down on the five wood. That's right. Too easy duels. How many clubs in the bag? are you carrying? carrying oh. twelve. I wouldn't know. What's the count on, mate? Driver? So, yeah. Five wood. Five wood. No, three wood. No, three wood. Fantastic duels. Yeah. Driver, five wood. Four, four, two. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Pitching, Pitching wedge. Pitching wedge. Sand wedge. Lobby. Loft wedge. Putter. putter. 12, clubs. 12 clubs. Perfect, Perfect bag for an amateur yeah. who carries their clubs. Well done, thank you. Fantastic. <laughs> no, no wonder you're playing off six point seven. The
0: reason I'm playing so low, Marco, is because we're playing preferred lies. Preferred you can lives sit it right well, up. Fantastic. You can sit it right up, and I tell you what, if you, if you just your
1: golfing flush life, the ball,
0: you just flush the ball. though. That's are golfing Over life summer, I'll come, I'll go right out. Is it'll be in horrible.
1: order, Jules. Not only have you got twelve clubs, and you carry clubs, which is a much better way to play. But your golf club where you play understands that it's pretty wet and they are playing it up. Sensational. Big tick for you. Big tick for Beacon Hills. That's why people play golf because it's not, you know, you're not banging your head against a brick wall every week. Make golf easy for yourself and clubs should do it as well. So you're in a good headspace, mate. You'll be off five before you know it.
0: Well, I'm going to come play yeah, with we'll. you one day. Yeah, we've we have got to organise it. That? Yeah, One day. <laughs> I've been doing this show for a year, so I'm We'll organise it. <laughs> we'll organise
1: it. Maybe we'll get Curtis Luck as well. We might have
0: to get Curtis. How about about that? him? Um, come on, Curtis. Nick,
1: uh, Nick Flanagan won not long ago, but Curtis Luck has had this win. He he won the West Australian Open uh, as an yes. amateur. So just this year as well, the 2016 West Australian Open. So the kid can. Uh, how, how? How? What a yeah, you know, understatement. The kid can play. Yeah, he he is a bona fide star of amateur golf in the world. Forget about Australia. In the world now.
0: And in case you have missed you won the wa- US Amateur Championship.
1: That is right. Thank you. So he's won the West Australian Open. He's now won the US Amateur Championship. Tiger Woods won three in a row and just catapulted him into stardom. How old is he? 20 years old? And um, it is my understanding, this is the best bit, it's my understanding that the Golf Australia program cut him loose. What? It's my understanding that uh, the team, a high-performance team, said, well, you're, not, you're probably just not who we need in our squad at the moment. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, they hand out scholarships, and Curtis Luck didn't get one. So he's won a West Australian, and now he's won the US Amateur. Prove them wrong. <laughs> I would suggest that he's proving them wrong just at the moment. Uh, he'll be off to yeah, – yeah, he's funding all this himself. He and his dad are probably funding this themselves. Without the funding from Golf Australia, it's, it's a very hard thing to do. But gee, when you watch him play, and because the US Amateur was on TV, and you could sit down on Sunday morning and Monday morning, and they've got the shot tracker, shot tracer, ball tracer, whatever they call it, they've got that in an amateur event, and good crowds on a great golf course. Wow, I mean, it was just fantastic to watch, and the kid can play. I mean, you know, in that semi final. Um, he was playing this kid, I've forgotten his name, I'll think of it in the tick, but he's playing this kid, they're all square after 18 holes. The playoff, the three-hole playoff was just unbelievable. Mm. The two shots on 11, and the, the kid who was playing hit a, what looked like a pitching wedge uh, to two feet, second <laughs> shot, pressure's on, um, and Curtis Luck is in a deep bunker. He gets a sand iron out, hits it past the pin, sucks it back to about six feet, and holes the six-footer. Nice. It says, make that two-footer kid, and he did, and then he ended up Winning the next hole as well, uh, and the way he won the next, hole, it looks like you know the golf that was being played in that semi final was extraordinary compared to the other semi final match. But the next hole is a par five, and he hit a ball, a good drive, but his his ball's in the rough. And the commentators were talking about this bunker that he had to be careful of, that was forty meters short of the green. He's got to be careful of that. He's just trying to get this up around the green. Well, he banged this thing out of the rough, and it landed on the green. Forget about the. Forget about the bunker 40 metres short of the green. It actually landed on the green. So I heard him speak about that afterwards. And he said he just nailed it. Just nailed it. He was just trying to get it somewhere around the green. He's very confident with his short game. Um, He said, if I can just get it around the green, chances are I'm going to get up and down for birdie and put some pressure on the kid uh, that he was playing. Uh, And he did exactly that. So the the kid then went for it. He missed. He's in a bunker. Hit a bad bunker shot. Curtis Luck just hits the best 50-footer, he said, of the week. And it was a gimme, so he's got the gimme birdie. Uh, and then the kid had this, I don't know, it looked like about a 25, 30-footer upper tier and hit a beautiful putt It missed. Curtis Luck into the final. And go. then he just smashes him the finals. All square in the final. I'll just give you an update. From what I've read, it was all square after the 18 holes, 36-hole final, all square after 18 holes. Uh, the kid, Delke, I think is how you say his name. That's correct. Um, he's won the first hole in the afternoon. Then Curtis Luck won the next eight holes in a row.
0: Six and four. One.
1: Well... He was was seven up with nine to play, lost a hole somewhere along the way, and uh, ended up winning six and four. But any time you win eight holes in a row in match play, it's a dominant performance. But when you do it in the final of a US amateur, um, that's pretty spectacular. So you know, when he spoke afterwards, he seemed like a dream kid. Mm -hmm. God knows why the Golf Australia high-performance team cut him loose. I guess we'll find out. That'll come out in the wash.
0: Um, well, Marco, from now, he's guaranteed starts... From making just the final, he's guaranteed starts in the U.S. Masters mm. and the U.S. Open. Mm. And from winning, he now gets to play in the Open Championship as well. That's all, yeah. of course, dependent on him remaining an amateur.
1: That's right. Well, I know he was going to turn pro straight after the U.S. amateur, but now he can't. He's actually got to play. I wonder now... Here's my question. I wonder now if Golf Australia say, hey... uh We'll start helping you again. <laughs> Some cash. And I wonder if he will take it. What would you do? He, he, like, say, say, it depends say, on your situation. Golf Australia. And I'm not in Golf Australia because everyone has to make hard decisions. That's right. And they've used their mouse um, and their performance. You know, in the past is, is undeniable. I mean, they're a good team, That's the right. high-performance team of Golf Australia. They are a great team. But um, if you're Curtis Luck and they've cut you loose and now you're funding yourself and trying to get better as an amateur sure. and – Golf Strait came back and said, Oh, now we're willing to help out. What would you do? Because
0: it depends on your financial situation, I think. Because if he's in a position where he is able to fund himself and do it, and he wants to, you know, say, Well, stuff you. You didn't look after me. I'm going to go on by myself. But if he can't, and that's the only way that he can continue to do what he needs to do on the Mm. tour, then I think you. Remember.
1: Not so long ago, uh, the players who are in the high-performance team, they put up their hand and said, listen, you help us, so we will give back when we win money. Remember they made that big announcement? That was Minji Lee and Ryan Ruffles and everybody else who, you know, Golf Australia still helps. You can see, I think even Minji Lee, they still helped Minji Lee a little bit. I know they they certainly helped her when she got started as a pro. But there was an agreement between the best amateur players and Golf Australia that uh, they would refund some of their money mm-hmm. if uh, you know they became great players of the world, you know. And when we're talking about refunding, you know, up around five hundred thousand. Yeah. I mean, that's it's a fair chunk of cash.
0: So when they go and win big prize money down the track as pros, you're saying that they then repay They repay the money that they were And give. look after the next generation. Right.
1: Pretty noble thing to do for amateur players <sighs> who haven't got a cracker in their pocket at the time. So yeah yeah if I win some money I'll give you Let's say it's 200,000, not 500. Let's say it's 200. I'll give you 200,000. I like Ooh. that, though. I like it. So It's good for the legacy. Knowing that, knowing that if Curtis Luck has to then, you know, he's he's been cut loose, he's gone and won West Australian Open, won US Amateur. He's going to get Masters experience, US Open experience, Open Championship experience next year, and then probably turn pro and get a hefty check. He just will. He'll get a hefty check. He's a, he's a good player. Would you take some money from Golf Australia knowing that you had to give some back.
0: Well, if they haven't given you anything, do you then need to give it back?
1: That's right. So I think if I was Curtis Luck, and I like Golf Australia, by the way, but if I was a young, brash (laughs) 20-year-old who had just proven Golf Australia wrong, I probably imagine that the bird might be pointed back in Golf Australia's direction. Unfortunately...
0: A little bit of middle finger work.
1: Because you'd like everyone to get along, but then, you know that that would actually, you know, yep. if, you're, if you're a young brash kid who is super uh, confident, why not? Yep. You know, you, you'd probably think. <laughs> I'd pro- I know if it was me, and I know you're going to find this really hard to believe, but when I was a twenty year old, I was very brash. Really? Yeah, I was. That's a that's very, just very a brash. startling revelation. If it was me, um, the bird would be facing. Yeah. The people who cut me loose—you wouldn't have been real happy, would you? <laughs> no, I'd be—I'd I'd be delighted. <laughs> I would have been delighted that I was proving them wrong. And I'd, yeah. yeah. But you know that—that that sort of stuff can only take you so far. I think Mick Malthouse said a long time ago, mm-hmm. and I remember. It, this is when he was at West Coast. I think he was talking about hate, and you know, hate can only get you so far, as far as motivation. And he used the term: it poisons your blood. It poisons hate. Poisons the blood, and it'll get you in the end. And I think that's very true as well. And I know for a long time, you know, I missed out on state teams and things like that too. And I had a bit of hate. You did. You held that grudge for a long time. And it wasn't until I forgave everybody, you know. (laughs) You know, everybody who was against me as a kid, you know, at, at some stage you go, well, they're just making decisions. And for whatever reason, I don't even know why, but everyone who'd wronged me in the past, I just forgot about it. And I started playing good. Mm. And I think it's right. I've always, and and it's, coincidentally, Mick Malthouse said that uh, when when I t- just started playing well in 92 and 93. And it just always stuck in my mind that, you know, hate poisons your blood and it'll get you in the end. There you and, go. I, and I think that's right.
0: <laughs> so maybe <laughs> maybe Curtis, he just goes if you're listening, Curtis, don't some, hate for too long.
1: Have a bit of fun with them at the moment. <laughs> but at some stage, you just got to jump on board and... Well done to Curtis They'll get behind you mate Good job Curtis Well and good done luck Curtis
0: As he continues his career Well it? done Towards How's your chipping? Needs some work Let's talk about your I chipping I want to talk about chipping
1: next After the break this Yeah the I want to help house. you I want you to get the four Maybe even three Alright
0: That's what I want from An you An extended Marco's Masterclass on chipping Is up yep. next Make sure you're listening
1: In your life Have you seen anything like
0: that? You're listening to The Clubhouse yeah, it's great to have your company as we talk all things golf right across Australia on your radio. Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is here. This is The Clubhouse. Now, Marco, normally we do this a little bit later on. No, this is worth it. This is good. Marco's Masterclass. Oh, an early Masterclass. Oh, a very big surprise. That's there. what we're doing. We're we doing another one later as well? Yeah. Right. Right. On. But an extended one because we want to talk chipping.
1: So tell me what your issue is because I I, I personally think that most amateurs... Don't
0: have a clue which club to hit in
1: most situations. Yeah, that's that's my view when mm. I watch. Um, what is your particular situation?
0: Well, I have a, a question for you, Marco, about chipping and how far out I should be using the loft wedge. What club I should be using around the fringe of the green? Whether yep. I should be getting the putter out. Yep. Um, sometimes the conditions just off the side of the yep. green don't allow for a putter to yep. to play. Um, so I want to know whether I should be using um, a loft wedge and trying to spin it and get it to check and yeah. stop or whether I should be hitting it up in the air and trying to flight it and get it to stop Righto. that way. Righto. So I want, to know, right. some, I want to know some answers.
1: I think, I think amateurs see the money shot, which is the pro who hits the real fizzing chip and makes it stop. Mm. And I think for a lot of amateurs, they, they wish they were hitting that shot. But pros who have been chipping all their lives, that, that situation where that shot can be hit, only comes up once in a blue moon. So the ball is sitting on beautiful tight grass. The grain is going with uh, the direction of the shot to be played. You're into the wind a little bit. The greens are a little bit moist, and you've got a little bit of green to work with. And then you can hit that magnificent fizzing pitch. And even then, that pitch is usually hit from 30 to 40 metres. You can't get really get a ball that get a lot of bite and grab from inside 25 yards, you know, 20 metres. You just, you just can't. Okay. So that shot that is seen on TV confuses a lot of people. So let's take that shot out of the equation. Get rid because of it. Because in reality, amateurs just don't know when to hit it. Yeah. When it the, one, they don't know how to hit it. They probably aren't using the right ball to hit it. They probably haven't got clean grooves so they can spin <laughs> the ball. So let's just take that shot out. That is that is now out of the picture, okay. that that shot. Um. You've got to picture yourself. So, all right. If, let's just say, for instance, I'm 10 foot off the green, and the fringe of the green—it's not worth putting over. Yeah. It's a bit rough, mm-hmm. and the pin is set 40 back, 40 feet back from mm-hmm. f- from the green. If I was going to roll the ball with my hand, I wouldn't throw it right up in the air and try and stop it one bounce next to the hole. You know, from 10 foot off the green, I would just roll it, land it on the green, and let it run out to the hole. Um, If the pin was a little bit shorter, let's say it was only cut, you know, the bare minimum, two steps onto the front of the green. If I was going to roll the ball and land it on the green, it would run past the hole too far. It would. So then you'd have to take the risk of landing it in the fringe Mm -hmm. and letting it bounce through. Every shot that I hit basically goes back to that same mentality.
0: What happens here if I roll the ball? So you almost, in your mind, pick up the ball with your hand. That's right. And underarm it and go, how would I do this if I was That rolling? is
1: exactly right. Okay. Then you'll get another situation where you might have to chip over the corner of a bunker. You can't just hit, and, and the pin's cut tight. You can't just throw the ball on the green and you know at a low and let it land just on the green because it's going to go 40 feet past the hole. In that situation, you have to throw it right up mm-hmm. as high as you possibly can. When you get in that situation, we have to throw, that's your lobbed shot. Pretty much every other shot for a amateur is between, uh, you know, their mid wedge or a pitching wedge or a nine-iron. So when you are landing the ball on a green and letting it run out, it's a pitching wedge or a 9 nine. Mm-hmm. And when you are landing it, um, trying to get the ball to stop, so you're throwing it up as high as you can to make it stop, that's the lob wedge shot. But there are always different situations. That They're the ones just around the green. Sometimes you'll be uh, 30 yards short of the green, um, and you're not hitting a chip, it's more of a pitch. Now, mm-hmm. look, just for the sake of the argument, a chip, you don't normally take a divot. Pitching, it's kind of a, it's long, like it's a bigger chip, and you're more likely to yes. start taking divots, and that's usually from about 25 to 30 metres away when you're trying to lob a ball 25 metres. Yep. So those shots, they're not hit very often with a nine iron unless you're trying to land it uh, short of the green. Now, the reason that pros always land it Try their best to land it on the green. It's because they've got a real good idea of the bounce. If you are trying to land a ball on a fringe, unless they're perfect fringes, which you get, at, you know, some of the better sandbelt courses or the better courses around Australia, um, you've got some idea of how it's going to react. But on the poor courses, you got no idea no what's idea. going to happen. You've got no idea mm-hmm. what's going to happen in America. Virtually no idea what's going to happen over there because it, you know, it's a little bit longer and rougher and right. everything else and soft. So. Um, here in Australia, you've got to make a decision when you're pitching the ball, whether you're good at it, one, or um, it's time to try and roll the eight iron, or even putt. I mean, if, if it's just a fair way, so many people at where I play Kingston Heath and where I used to play at Huntingdale, they would putt from 20 metres mm. off the green because it's just so easy. Mm. It is just so well, if you easy. If you've got the
0: conditions right, then that's, yeah, that's well, certainly...
1: Th- yeah, absolutely. I, I would do that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, you know, you play golf uh, on the links courses, and everyone's putting from miles away, mm-hmm. unless there's a bunker in front. Mm-hmm. Pitching sometimes, you know, the lie has to be perfect. <sighs> then there is course, there is technique. Now that's all very easy to say. Yeah, this is the right place to do it. Then there's the wrong place yeah. to do it. But I, I, I think the bad people, the people who chip and pitch poorly are the ones who are trying to help the ball up in the air. Yes. Now that is the worst thing you can do. They get to this little shot, they've only got to land the ball or lob the ball 10 feet, whether it's with a lob wedge or a pitching wedge, and they're always trying to scoop the thing Mm -hmm. up in the air. That is the biggest disaster in golf. Don't do that. Don't scoop it. Don't do that. Don't scoop it, And for a long time, there was, you know, for a long time, especially in this country, our bunkers were quite hard compared to other bunkers. So a lot of people were getting lob wedges and uh, even their 54 or 55 degree wedge with low bounce. These low bounce sand wedges are very, very tough to chip with if you're an amateur, if you don't know what you're doing. Pros can because they practice their chipping an hour a day. Mm -hmm. An hour every day, they can pretty much do whatever they like. But these days, if you are... Um, are looking for new wedges and you're a poor poor chipper, then get get a wedge with as much bounce as you possibly can and then don't try to lift the ball in the air. And you'll find that bounce when you're actually having your practice swings. It'll be really hard to take a divot, even into the grain. It'll be hard to take or harder to take that divot. So there is absolutely no need at all to try and flip it. You've actually just got to hit the ball and know that the ball will bounce off the loft and go up. Mm. But... Too many players and good players too. You know, good players who just don't want to make a fool of themselves. They're always trying to flip the ball up in the air. It's the worst possible thing you can do. And good players, by the way, they know when it's a bad lie. Yeah, you know, don't don't try and hit that lob wedge when it's a bad lie. Yes. You know, if there's another option, hit the nine 9 run it through the fringe. Don't try and hit a lob wedge with no bounce whatsoever off that lie that's very tight, and you know that the grain's straight into you because you can make. You can be made to look a fool in golf probably more than any other sport (laughs) in the whole world. (laughs) And you feel low. You feel so bad when you hit a shot that is embarrassing and it runs through your game a bit. Mm -hmm. So the pitching and the chipping, if you're not doing much practice, uh, then I suggest you get wedges with a lot of bounce. And these will minimize the mishit.
0: Yep. I like it. It's helped me. It's hard. mean, Because I I often will just use the blob wedge. That's it. Yeah, yeah, well, that's right. Mm. Now, well, at your goal, of course, I probably, you probably could, sh- probably should be thinking more about the pitching wedge and the nine
1: Yeah, well, before be, look, it's you know a great way of doing things is when you are practicing your chipping, have three balls in your pocket, uh, and and access to to your clubs or the clubs that you chip with, yeah. uh, and just find a spot where you're going to hit a chip from, roll the first ball with your hand. How am I going to get this close? And then mimic that with the two other balls, and then go to a different spot. Mm -hmm. How am I going to get this close? Oh, I've got to throw this one up in the air a bit. So you throw it up in the air, you see what happens, and that's the time to get your lob wedge out. You know, there might be another time when, you know, you might be 40 meters away from the green, and the pin's only just on. So when you're going to roll the ball there, you've got two options. You can just roll it through the fringe, the safe way, or you can throw it up from 40 meters away and Mm -hmm. see if you can stop it close. Now, even when you throw the ball in your hand, I mean. It's, it's a pretty hard throw to do that. But the roll through the fringe is the best option. And then you won't be using the lob wedge from 40 metres out when the pin's cut close. You will be using a nine iron and mm-hmm. chipping it through the fringe and, and getting a better result. So always when you're chipping or you're not sure what to do, three balls, throw the first one. Underarm. Always underarm. Never overarm. Always underarm. And then pick a club that will make the ball react the same
0: way. Like it. There you go, everyone listening.
1: Down the three or four for you. Playing
0: this weekend. You'll be down the There's stretch. There's an, an earlier tip, Marco. Good. An earlier tip. Good stuff, buddy. I like it.
1: No, that's the way to do. It's the way to do it. It's the way to do it. And the other way too. Chipping comps. Always have chipping comps. Yes. And and if you find somebody having a chipping comp against and they're doing something that looks easy. Just copy it. If it looks easy, copy just it. Just do it. Yeah, just copy it. Whatever they're doing, just copy it. It's the best way to learn in golf. You just plagiarise other people's good points in their game. Especially people who can play. You know, the good people who make the game look easy, plagiarize what they do. That's all right. Have a look at it. If it makes sense in your brain and it looks easy, it's pretty much it will be for you as well. If you can picture something in your mind, then it's easy for your body to follow afterwards.
0: There's a 10-minute shipping lesson. You do not get that anywhere else? Nowhere else, buddy. Very good, Marco. Hey, no, next, next, yes. we've got the race to Dubai coming up. we got the FedEx Cup playoffs. Yeah. I want to know how they work. I want yeah. to ask you, and I want to know what's happened to some of the Aussies who have narrowly right. missed out. Well,
1: it changes every year, Yeah. but I'll give you the basics of how it works. Because it's a bit complicated. It is a bit complicated, but very importantly, we need to have a look at the players who have missed the top 125 because most of those guys, unless they've got status in another way, won't have a job on the big tour next Ooh. year And have to well, the, well it's not secure at the moment anyway And They're going to have to go through uh, a process
0: um, uh, In the spring So we'll see what happens We'll talk about that next This is The Clubhouse Julian Bard is my name Mark Allen's here That's next In your life have you seen anything like that You're listening to The Clubhouse Yeah welcome back This is The Clubhouse Right across Australia Just talking in the ad break about Robert Allen He's to work We might get to that
1: <laughs> brother, brother, brother,
0: brother. We, um, we talked last week about doing an Allenby on a night out yeah we might get to that a little. we bit might do on. it
1: hey the Barclays this week it's on at the moment yep um and is that um Bethpage Black it's US Open venue top, top 125 on the FedEx Cup after last week are in then it cut cut to the top 100 and they play in the Deutsche Bank Championship That's the right. week after or the Tournament after. The BMW Championship is only the top, top 70. 70. Ooh. That is correct. And then the Tour Championship is the big one. Um, they play for a lot of money. There's only 30 players. And if you end up on top of the points table at the end, the big bonus, $10 million bonus. $10 million. So they play for points all year. But then the points are reset at the start. This is the way I remember it. Um, at the start of the playoff series. And then I think they get one more reset. And that is in the tour championship. So they make sure that at least the top five players, if they win the tour championship, when they get to that level, when they get to that far that far, then they can win. That they can that they can okay. actually win the whole lot. Yep. But there will be other situations where perhaps, you know, it could be as as, as far down as twenty five could possibly win. If mm-hmm. if the maths work right. out. Yes. if the maths work so out.
0: Currently, Jason Day leads the way.
1: That is right. He's number Dustin one. Dustin
0: Johnson is in two. Adam yeah. Scott is in three. three. Russell Knox is in four, Russell and Spieth Knox. is in five.
1: Oh. That is right. So look, those guys would have to miss every cut. In fact, I don't think I don't think those five can miss <laughs> the Tour Championship. Yeah. The way the way it should be organised, they can they can go cut cut cut, miss them all, and still be there at the Tour Championship. Although that number would then be rejigged. And they might be in a bit of strife. They might they mightn't be able to have the luxury of winning the last tournament and actually winning the mm-hmm. the, the bonus. Um, but then when we go down, this is when things start to get interesting. Now, if you haven't finished in the top one hundred and twenty five from last year, and you don't have another kind of status where you've got a job on the PJ tour, as in you've
0: won in the last year and a half. Yeah, you're, you're out.
1: So Badley finished at forty five. So he's in, regardless, but yes. had the win. So he's got. Yeah, you know, quite a bit ads. of time He's got the next two seasons up his sleeve. So he's all easy exempt for the next two seasons. Mark Leisman finished at fifty seventh. No problem. He's working next year. Danny Lee, the New Zealander, seventy first. He's working next year. Well done. He's had wins as well. Johnny Sendon, tour regular these days. Finished mm. 99th on the FedEx Cup tour, so he's all set for next year. I wouldn't be surprised if he's had a win. He's probably still got one left. You know, I'm ballparking this. I can't get it all. Done uh, just off memory. Matty Jones finished at 126. So he's missed the bubble. Uh, No. Is it Noah or no. He was uh, number 125. He'd made it. Scott Stallings missed. Uh, Steve Marino missed. Tim Wilkinson missed from New Zealand. So these are all the guys that were thereabouts at that 125
0: cutoff. Now, Greg Chalmers is at 142, but... Yeah, he's he just had a win.
1: In. Yeah, he's had a win. Because he won during the... Was that it the US right. Open, I think it was? Oh, he uh, won opposite uh, the US... Yeah, he won in yeah. the week. Yeah. The Barracuda. That's right. He won that one. So he should have another two years, the next two seasons. Uh, so he's okay. Matty Jones, I, I I seem to remember a victory at some state. Um, so I, I've got a feeling he's okay for next year. He'll be right for next year. And let me just go down the list. be Yeah, now Appleby was playing, the way I remember it, Appleby was playing this year from his top 20 all-time money winner status. So
0: he gets in because of his high earnings in his life.
1: Yeah, that's right, which is fair enough. Yeah, there's a lot of exemptions like that. So whether he gets one go at that or he gets two takes, I'm not sure. But uh, finishing at 143... um, I'm not sure he does. Okay. You know, I think I think he'll be he like
0: Jeff Ogilvie at 161. No, man. he's done. So what what happens to these guys, Mark?
1: Right. So there is after the FedEx Cup there is a, a fall series of events. Fall series. The fall series. So, I think from the web.com um, there's a certain amount of players, let's say it's 50 players and then the first 50 players who missed, or it might even be the 75 players who missed, or the rest of the players who missed at the top 125, then they're all put in a tournament together. They play the full series of events, and basically there's a cutoff number. Let's say that's 35, mm-hmm. and if you finish inside that 35, then you've got a job on the PGA Tour next year yes. because there is no more tour school for the US tour. There's only a tour school for the web.com uh-huh. tour. So the only way that these guys who have finished outside the top 125 to get back on, who don't already have some status, is to perform well in those fall, four fall series events. So there's a few boys who will be there. Cam Smith should be there. Um, Jeff Ogilvy, I wonder. Yeah, he'd be, he'll be there. Cam Percy will be there for sure. Uh, S- uh, Bowditch, now he won recently. I'm tipping, isn't he? <sighs>
0: Well, he hasn't made a, He hasn't shot anything under about. He won 15 the Byron Nelson. <laughs> he won recently. the
1: Byron Nelson, so I reckon he's got one year left up okay. his sleeve. I would say he's got one year left up his sleeve. Pampling, no, one hundred ninety-five. I don't think the only status he'll have is past champion status in a few events. Uh, Ren Gibson uh, finished at one hundred ninety-ninth. He'll be in the fall series. Uh, so there's some reasonable names. Jared Lyle only played ten events. He'll be in the fall series. And Robert Allenby. Um, hasn't done too well this year. Uh, played, last time I heard, 22 events and missed 20 cuts. Only made 25000 bucks for the year. So Boutish
0: won the Byron Nelson. What year? 2015.
1: Yeah, so he's okay then. So last year, so he's, he's had this year exempt. He's got next year exempt as well. Uh, so he needs to finish next year in that top 125. Otherwise, he'll find himself uh, on many tours around the world as well. Do you like the cup system? Do you I like the play, t-
0: I think it brings out – I love that final yeah. tournament where there's might be – there's 25 blokes or whatever it is, 30 blokes, and yeah. then you've got six or seven who can win yeah. and win it, and then yep. you've got maybe seven or eight blokes who can finish second and, and win, win, win. Yep. and you've got all these scenarios that are playing around, and it's not just about who wins – yeah, and it's about where you finish and where other blokes finish in comparison to you. I really like yeah, that. I think it's right. different, and I think it's good.
1: And I think that so. top thirty-two. If you get into the tour championship, you, you also get into some of the bigger tournaments around the world as well. So it's quite quite important. Yes, to get into that tour championship. Really, very important. I think the evenness of, of
0: this year's um, PGA Tour and the majors mm. is going to be really fascinating when it comes down to yeah. these final tournaments because. Yeah. There's so many blokes who have, who have been informed this
1: year. Yeah, that's right. So the baseball's got September. You know, the NFL's got the playoffs. So does the basketball. And golf was always left out. Yeah. And for a long time, um, you know, I liked the system, but I couldn't really get into it. But I think now it's been fine-tuned to a point where I like it. You know, we've got a grand final, which is the Tour Championship. Um, it's a big bonus. They're playing for big Some money. cash. Uh, amazing <laughs> cash. I mean, seriously, you win at $10 million <laughs> As a bonus. But then, you know, the $10 million isn't just for the winner. All the way down to top 125. Yeah. So I think that if you finished 125th and, you know, you don't get through to the next event, then I think you get like a $40,000 check. <laughs> so Not the worst. The money involved from FedEx is just unbelievable. $10 million to win it, but all the way down. So I think you might even, you know, the bonus might be if you get to the tour championship, it might be something like 200,000 bucks. I'll look into it. I'll find out okay. next week. But the, or more, maybe 100,000 bucks. Um, the money's ridiculous. Mm. It is ridiculous. And, and this is one of the reasons why they don't travel. They don't need the cash. That's why they don't go to the Olympics. They need a holiday. You know, there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of stress out there. They need a holiday. Yeah. They don't go to the Olympics. They don't come down to Australia like we'd like them to. They don't go around the world and play. They are stuffed. By the time they've played the majors, then the FedEx Cup playoffs. So these week and after the two week are championships. I think the way they have structured it in the past is is a week off. Yeah, they play two, week off, mm-hmm. okay. play two. That's all she wrote. And then, then if you're a good mate of Tigers, you get in his event. <laughs> yeah, if you're high money enough up it. on the uh, you know world rankings, and you'll go play Sun City. Um, yeah. And then if uh, you know you're one of the. Poster boys of golf in the world, you'll come down to Australia or you'll go to Japan Cup. or, you know, some of the guys might have status um, on the European Tour race to Dubai. You know, cause a yes. lot Because the, there's a lot of crossover. You know, the World Golf Championships and the majors, uh, they all link up on European Tour Order of Merit as well. So if you're one of the big-name players and you've played in all those majors or the Players' Championship, all the World Golf Championships, you've probably won enough money along the way to actually get yourself into the race to Dubai finales as well, um, if you have played a couple of extra events here and there, so there might be some players who, you know, cash in at the race to Dubai uh, at the end of the year as well. So there's plenty of ways to make money, if you can play. If you can get up there. If you can play,
0: <laughs> like oh, now, we talked about it earlier, that's the I mean, best way to give back to the uh, the development.
1: <laughs> I'll give you an example in 1992. Now I'm not saying because this happened to me in 1992, right. and I was half a player. So in 1992, I finished fifth at the Australian Masters, and I won 31000 bucks. That was my check, $31,000. Mm-hmm. But because I was wearing a Microsoft hat, <laughs> yeah. they gave me $5,000 to wear the Microsoft hat. Nice. But in the clause was, if I finished in the top five, I got an extra $10,000. So I got $15,000 from Microsoft. Because I was wearing a Schweppes shirt, um, it, I had a clause if I finished in the top five, I'd get ten thousand so dollars. I have the twenty-five thousand dollars in bonuses. Then, Titleist. I was using a Titleist ball back in the day. Top five finishes in the biggest tournaments, you know, around the world. Ten thousand US.
0: Nice
1: bonus. <laughs> yes. So the Australian peso back in nineteen ninety two was about fifty cents. That was a twenty thousand dollar bonus. So twenty thousand plus the twenty five. Does I made more money in bonuses than than I did in prize money? <laughs> That's me back uh. in nineteen ninety two. So you can imagine what these characters oh. in twenty sixteen playing in the biggest tournaments of the world, they'd they'd have checks coming in their into their they wouldn't, their know bank they wouldn't even it. know where they came no from. No wonder blokes they wouldn't, like
0: Ricky Fowler on Snapchat, everywhere they go, private jet they wouldn't even know You're thinking, how hey, are these blokes on just going wherever they want, Jules, private jet? There's That's literally
1: money coming out their ears. Yeah. It's disgusting.
0: Good on them. <laughs> and I wish I was one of them. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, we're here. <laughs> yeah, no, well, it doesn't yeah. matter. I'm having fun. We're celebrating an eagle putt. And that, <laughs> that's pretty much what they do. God. Unbelievable. I just wish I was a little bit better. Yeah, it doesn't mean, matter. What are we doing next? A masterclass. Another masterclass. <laughs> yes, a full proper masterclass. Let's do what it. What do you got? Something special. Something special. Yeah. Well, to wrap on up the before of, you play this weekend. On the back of Curtis Luck. Make sure you're listening next. All right. Across Australia, this is the Clubhouse. Marco's Masterclass. Yeah, time to get a free lesson in golf. In case you missed it earlier on, Marco's uh, extended masterclass on chipping. That's available yeah. on the podcast. Just search for the Clubhouse. That's because you
1: can't chip, I've just yes. found out. And that's why we did a whole segment on <laughs> we chipping. Did a whole segment just for, for my you, benefit. So you can get down the four. But if
0: anyone else wants to listen, <laughs> available on the podcast. iTunes, search the Clubhouse. There uh, we go. It's there. What do you got this week, Marco's Masterclass?
1: Righto. On the back of Curtis Luck and uh, the way that he puts now. For a long time, we've been told to keep your head still when you putt. More and more players are just saying that it's rubbish when you putt. Like, Toms, um, when he putts, his head actually rotates through the putt. Um, When you look at someone like Steve Stricker, his head rotates through the putt. You've got other guys, like Jack Nicklaus, who didn't move his head. Arnold Palmer never moved his head. Tiger Woods... the most beautiful head during putting you've ever seen in your life just would not move it at all. But more and more players are actually moving their head and almost forcing the ball down the line. Because if you just, you don't want to stare at the ball. What you do is it's a blank gaze when you putt. If you stare at something, it it creates tension. You want just a blank gaze. If you're in the car now, just blank gaze it out the window, you are released. If you're really starting to put your eye on something it, t- it, it tenses up your body so when you're putting you want a blank gaze but you should still know where the line is you know if you've been putting a lot if you're a good player you know where the line of the putt is mm. so some of these players it's it's I, i've been told is that when they follow the ball with their head they can actually get the ball started online better is what they think so for For something that had been taboo for a long time, which was moving your head through impact, more and more of the best putters in the world are doing it. So if you are in a stale patch with your putting, before you go out and play on the golf course today, move your head and follow the ball and try and watch the ball start down the intended line and see what happens. Now, the first time I tried it, I start hitting my parts 10 foot past the hole. <laughs> so this is why I'm telling you, just make sure just you go and practice, practice it. it go ahead and practice Don't it just first. Don't go and do it on the first. Don't do it on the first because <laughs> you may knock it a long way past the hole. But as long as your head stays in the same spot, it can rotate. You know, it doesn't want to lunge and watch. You've actually just got to rotate your head. Your spine stays very still, but you rotate your head and your eye line down the line you want that ball to start on. It's very effective if you can do it. And you know, some of the players who have been doing it all their lives, they make it look easy. Mm. Um, and Curtis Luck is one of those guys. So he putted magnificently in a US amateur, and he does not keep his head still. Does not. He follows the line of his putt with his eyes and gets the ball to travel down that line.
0: Interesting. Anyway. Never thought we'd hear that, Masterclass. No way. Wow. No way, but
1: try it. Try it. Give it a go. Yeah, See if it's it, for you. If you're stale, if you are stale. You can't putt might just get you out of that hole. Yeah. It might get you out of a little stale hole and you know down the track you'll stop working then go back to keeping your head still and that'll get you out of the stale <laughs> hole. You know there are lots of things you can try. Mix change, it up a bit. Mix it up a bit, change your pre-shot routine, do all kinds of stuff.
0: Always a pleasure Marco.
1: Good on your Jules. Uh, 6.7. <sighs> yeah. Next week I'm tipping
0: 6.5. Not playing next week. 6.5. Not playing next week. Week after 6.5. Yeah. <laughs> Good work lads. Thanks for that. See you next week. See you next week.